Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode number 88 of the Curtain Call podcast. It's a production of the Yes Network. He is Yes Network president of production and programming and executive producer John J. Filippelli. I'm Justin Shackle. Producer Dan Bassone is with us for the ride as well. If you're not already doing so, subscribe to the podcast so you never miss the latest episode. We are about two, two and a half weeks into the baseball season. The Yankees are returning from their first road trip of the season at the time of this recording. They went four and two over their first two road series. We're going to talk Yankees. We're going to talk MLB uh, later on in the episode, but I really want to get this out of the way because I think it's really impressive. Uh, the New York sports scene, John, at this moment is trending upward. The, the Nets, the Knicks, the Rangers, the Devils, and the Islanders, they are all in the postseason. So you have the five winter league sports in New York. They all make the playoffs for the first time since 1994. We feel good about the Yankees and the Mets having great years. Giants are back in the playoffs. The Jets, they're maybe a quarterback away from being in this group as well. Can you recall another time where the local teams are making us feel this good? That's been a long time. I mean, I, I, you know, the only thing I could I could hearken it back to, but there wasn't the depth of there wasn't the sheer number of teams at the time. But the uh, I could go back to sort of the late '60s, early '70s time, and then you know when the Jets won the Super Bowl three, and the Mets had won the beating the Orioles in, in five games in the world in the World Series in '69, and and uh, you know so you had the Jets and you had the Mets. And the Knicks were very close to the, within within a year. They would win a championship. They'd beat the you know the the Lakers and the Baltimore Chamberlain with the, the great Willis Reed, Willis Reed at the helm, the late great Willis Reed. Um, you know that that was a very exciting time. You know, uh, so you had the you had the Knicks and you had the you know the Rangers playing really well, really good hockey. You know, they didn't win a cup, but they were playing really good hockey, really well. And so you had you had the Rangers and you had the you had the Knicks and you had the the Jets and you had the Mets and then I think the Yankees play, were playing fairly well at the, the turn of the corner at that time after some some really tough years of uh, you know sort of trying to rebuild and get themselves. Where they, they were trying to claw their way out of the, that mid sixties malaise. Yeah, right? they, but they were on their way. They they were starting to accumulate some talent and I don't know if they were quite there yet but they were they, you're right they were clawing their way out so I mean it was a good time in New York sports then in general because anytime you pick up the back page and it says somebody won it's usually a good time right but now you've got everybody in the postseason here and like you said the Yankees and Mets are not are not playing poorly they're playing okay and you know so you know and uh, they're projected to play well so you look at it it's, it is an exciting time in in, in the sports scene and then you know it's good for the fan everybody uh, we're all fans for a reason because we, we love the sports that we love and and it uh, helps us, uh, you know, uh, you know, navigate our day and put some balance to things. And uh, it's uh, it's also fun. And it's, you know, why sports is the great escape that it is. And the uh, the first round series for the Brooklyn Nets that will be on the Yes Network against the Philadelphia 76ers, correct? Yeah. 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 As of now, I don't know if we'll have all the games, but it depends. But we'll have most of them. You know, and uh, if it goes really late, if it goes to seven, I don't, we would get that game. But we're going to have most of the games. And certainly games one and two are on yes. You could find them on yes. I'll tell you what, I love the karma involved in all this. Also, because, my nine. We've got to be fair. Yes. Right? My nine involved in this mix. So I was going to say the, the Nets. And the app, the yes app. So, you know, it could be a combination of any of those. So <laughs> you say check your local listings. There. Yes. Stay tuned. Uh, but but the Nets, they finished with a better record than the team that they traded Kyrie Irving to, uh, who, who didn't even make the playoffs in the Dallas Mavericks. And I believe they finished with a better record. Uh, they, they finished with an identical record as the Phoenix Suns, the team they traded Kevin Durant to. So, I mean, it's a little out of context, but all the same, 
they did a pretty good job to finish the regular season and earn their way to that sixth seed, which is is very important in the NBA these days. So uh, look and see what the Nets can do against a really talented Sixers team. Kind of feels like they're playing with house money, just the way that this, this season ended. But again, one of five local teams who are all in the playoffs makes you feel Really good. So this is yeah, gonna that's be, the headline. The headline yeah, is it's gonna be a fun spring. We made the playoffs, and that's mm-hmm. the headline. You know, we'll see who perseveres. But but you know, but the the overview is a good one. Yeah. Okay. So the Yankees are off to an eight and four start. They've won four straight series to start the 2023 season, and they took the rubber game from the Guardians in Cleveland on Wednesday. But something happened in this game that raised the question over a new rule. So let's begin here. First inning. Seemingly ended on a double play. The managers and and their staff, if they have an issue with a call on the field, they now only have 15 seconds to decide whether they want to challenge a certain play. Minutes went by here, John, and Cleveland manager Terry Francona did not challenge a certain call. The umpires, though, came together. They conferred to uh, discuss the call minutes after the play was complete and This is really important. Only after the replay was shown on the giant scoreboard in the stadium. So that led to the umpires saying that Francona would, in fact, challenge the call. The play was reviewed. The call was reversed. Aaron Boone rightfully upset. He was ejected. They ultimately did get the call right. We knew that. Does it matter how the umpires and Major League Baseball arrive at the right call? Or is the bottom line that they got the call right? Well, listen, I, you, you want to get it right. I get that part of it. You surely do. But the rules are the rules. I mean, they've gone to great pain to, you know, have the game move along and, you know, not want to get bogged down and, and do it, do something in a timely fashion. And to be honest with you, I've always believed that if you're going to challenge a play, it should be bang, bang. It really shouldn't be a situation where you've had people in video rooms and they could look at two angles or three angles before they said, well, maybe we shall be not shall. That takes too much time. It's that's not the spirit of what's intended. The spirit, you, yes, you want to get it right. But the spirit of what's intended is the spirit of what's intended. And the rule is the rule. The rule clearly states 15 seconds. That meant 15 could be 20, all right? You shave it a little bit, 25. But it's certainly not a minute and change, a minute and a half, two minutes, whatever it was. And the only reason the umpires reacted the way they did. Was they they saw the replay up on the on the scoreboard. The fans clearly saw that it was Hicks who trapped the ball. I mean, it was a close, it was close, but he trapped it. You could see he trapped it. So therefore, well, it's not an out. It's certainly not a double play. You know, it's it's he's it's certainly like the inning is still alive. And they realized that. And but you know, under the spirit of the rule, it was only 15 seconds. This would take it by now they're a minute and a half, whatever they are into this, take two minutes. And you can't you can't go and do that. I mean, that's not the spirit of the rule. That's not the rule. The rule is the rule. You want to play the game? You got to understand the rules. You have to play by the rules. I'm sorry. I know I sound like a, you know, um, the, you know, uh, uh, an apologist for you know conservatives of the, the 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 you know the 1970s and 80s, but I'm sorry. The rule is the rule, and you have to play by those rules. So, um, that so Aaron Boone was absolutely right. Absolutely right. You, you you can't spend all day looking at 19 replays, reacting to what happened in the crowd. That was absolutely wrong. The umpires made a big mistake. They just did. The, the umpire and crew, I mean, they, they're basically pretty good umpires, made a yeah. mistake. Okay, they, they, they were trying to do something different. I get what they were trying to do. I think everybody understands what they were trying to do. But, you know, what? under the rules, the rules are the rules are the rules. I'm sorry. You've got to go by them. 15 seconds is there for a reason. It was there to, to increase the pace of the game. It's not so much to me just thinking about about the time of the game as it is the pace of the game. And it's to increase the pace of the game, make the game go go faster, you know, a bit best, uh, less uh, downtime, if you will, no more, less lag time. 
that was the whole point of this thing. Everybody went to great lengths to to they to vet this thing. Everybody had all these meetings and, and and Zoom calls and everything else to make sure everybody understood the rules. They were clearly understood, and everybody has to clearly play by the same rules. You can't make your rules up as you go along. I'm sorry, Aaron Boone was absolutely right, absolutely right. The, the call was made. It was on. They, they had 15 seconds. Francona was asleep at the switch, and somebody in his dugout was asleep at the switch. I'm sorry. I love Francona. He's one of the best managers in the history of baseball. But somebody in that dugout made a mistake. It happens. But uh, but the umpires then said, "Oh, oh, look at that! Well, he dropped the ball. We should review." No. That's not the way this works. That's the important part for me. Terry Francona, great manager, have a ton of respect for what he's accomplished here. But he was asleep at the wheel because if you listen to him in his post game, he kind of danced around every question. But he did reveal that on that play. So here's the play. Runners at second and third, only one out. Aaron Hicks makes the catch, or so we thought. And then he doubles up the runner at second, who took off for third. Double play right there. Terry Francona said he was most concerned and focused on whether or not the runner from third tagged up in time or if he left early. That's what he was concerned about. That's what his focus was on and whether or not he scored before the double play yes. was recorded and the inning in the ended. Game. So he wasn't even paying attention to Aaron Hicks in center field. His focus so says, wasn't there. So he says, yeah, and, and until the umpire and let's Aaron Boone put it perfectly. If you had boots on the ground, you knew what happened. The door was left open for him only once after the umpires came together after what they saw on the scoreboard. They told Terry what they were discussing, and Terry Francona basically said, okay, cool, I'm going to challenge that then, because he saw what every other fan saw in real time the, with the, every play. The, I just, uh, you remember the, uh, the, the the Galarraga perfect game? Yeah. Where you know, the, the uh, Jim Joyce, who was a great umpire, great umpire, but you know, he made a mistake. Mm-hmm. And he called uh, he, he he allowed he said it was a hit when uh, uh, he called somebody safe when they clearly were out and it should have been the perfect game right and it was like and everybody couldn't believe it and you could see the naked eye was by, we talk about by ten feet it was just a, it was an egregiously t- bad call by a really great umpire okay it happens things happen do are we we now going to go back and say you know what upon further review what was the fifty are we, are we kidding or what right. We can, yeah, we can do this all day in baseball baseball history. How many plays are bang, bang? How many plays can you go back, even with, or not bang, bang, go back and see even with the, the you know, the, the only, the the the, the, the Johan Santana no-hitter. That wasn't a no-hitter. It was a, clearly a ball was hit fair in that game that they called a foul ball. The replays clearly showed it, but they didn't have the replay rule in effect then. Are we going to go back and review that and say, oh, you know, Johan Santana didn't have a, take away the no-hitter? That's the game. Right. You play the people game, could, you play by the rules. Yeah, people could say, oh, you're you're not for this because the call went against the Yankees. No, I like that the that they did eventually get it right. But the way they're enforcing all of the new rules to the yes. letter of the law, to right. an absolute T, right. you, you can't stop with this. You can't alter course with something like this. Personally, I don't think this is a great rule to have uh, enforced or, or have been edited. Like 15 seconds, virtually no time right there for if you're going to have the option for dugouts to challenge a call that's essentially giving them no time. They shorten that window. Bang, and bang. That's for oh, something. Bang, bang. Yeah. And that's for something that maybe happens once a game, you know, and I don't know the entire average. If you take a look at all the games played last year and how many times you had uh, a dugout challenge and how much time that took, I would have to imagine the average was probably once a game. So is that, Something that's really taking so much time, adding so much time to all these games, or is it the other stuff that they did uh, hammer out? That you know, that was the fact that they did knock off. I don't know if this was the area where they needed to try and hammer down 
and I think it's an aggregate. Time. I think Justin, you have to look at it in the aggregate. It wasn't sometimes it's like you know I used to always compare everything to poor Jabba and the the Nat attack, you know, with the bitches and you know attacked him in Cleveland that that famous night, and he um. You know, it, it's not one midge, it's not one gnat, it's not two gnats, it's not two midges. I don't know how many midges equal a gnat or how many gnats equal a midge. I have no idea what any of that means. But let's just say it's not one or two bites, it's not one or two paper cuts, it's a thousand paper cuts. Mm -hmm. It's you know, it's it's a you know, it's it's a it's a whole slew of gnats, a whole slew of the midges, whatever it is, it's a lot. Okay. So you you start taking these things, and if you don't do if you take if you start to selectively say, well, you know, this only takes an extra 30 seconds. This only takes an extra 40 seconds. It only takes an extra minute. This only takes an extra 20 seconds. Well, then there's, as my friend Ed Delaney famously said about budgets and things, it's the magnifier. It's the, it's the, the multiplier. It's the multiplier. It isn't one thing or two things that really, you know, hurt you in a budget or whatever. It's the multiplying effect of all those things over time, all those games, times, time, which money it equals. Okay. I don't know why I got, we got Ed Delaney, but I figured he'd give him a pop because he was instrumental in the start of the network and he's a great guy and a good friend of mine. So there you go, Ed. If you're listening, there's your pop. But anyway, um, this really does go back to that that's the situation because you know it's it's like I said, it's not a matter of how many times it's going to happen, it's going to happen. And, and, it, and it does add time. And what they're trying to do is increase the again, it's about the pace of play. This this could slow the pace of play, this could kill the pace of play. These things could kill it. And, you know, and I, I tell you, Justin, I saw games last year that had two and three of them in these, these things in there. I mean, maybe not every game. Maybe games go by, they don't have any. But there are games that have two and three in them. So, you know, you can't selectively say, well, you know, it does this or it does that. It's it's about the pace of the game. It's about the rules that were implemented. It's about everybody playing by the same rules. Everybody understands the rules. That's why they're there. You know, we, we, you could also say, listen, I'll, I'll give you the right to challenge up to one hour. What is this like? You know, sitting out for photography, like one hour photos. Oh, come back, we'll see, take a look. No, it's not that at all. It is what it is. And these are the rules. This is what you're supposed to play by. And good for Aaron Boone to to get upset by it. He was every red, and he did it. I tell you, he was great. He really did a great job, and he was great in the post game explaining all that, mm -hmm. his whole thought process of what what was going on. He really took you. He took all the speculation away. You should never speculate those things anyway. But he took all the speculation away. Yeah, look, the umpires are have a lot of discretion with all these new rules this year. I don't think this is a place where they uh, use their discretion wisely. Uh, I think they no, let it slip they, by. They, so they, they were, what? What's the discretion? They, they didn't. They didn't play by the rules. I mean, right. not to say they did intentionally. I'm saying the mistake would be honestly, they weren't doing anything until they saw the thing on the scoreboard, mm -hmm. and they decided on their own to use. By the way, when the rule was in, before, you, when there was no clock. You, you, the teams had to register a challenge. The umpires didn't register a challenge. The umpires didn't say, "Oh, let's." I know I'm going to review this myself. We waited for someone, somebody from one of the dugouts to say, "I object to this. I think we should review it," and they would review it. They didn't do it on their own. They did this on their own. I mean, what, what, explain that to me. All I know is that Aaron Boone didn't receive a reasonable explanation from the league after the Yankees came back to win. I can't imagine what this would have felt like if we were talking about this following a Yankees loss. But well, there's the, the, see this this the, this this subset there. Okay, yeah. the, 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 that's two runs. You know, on poor Clark Schmidt who's having enough issues. You know, right? uh, uh, trying to you know find his way, and and uh, you know that's the Yankees didn't need that, and the, the Yankees could have easily lost that game because of that play. Mm -hmm. That was two runs. Fortunately, the Yankees rallied and were able to win the game. But you know, but uh, that wasn't that wasn't in evidence until late in the game. You know, yep. so you know for a while that those those two runs were a massive big difference in the game. And um, you know, it was uh, it was and it was an unfair situation. Well, the Yankees do come back and take that game on Wednesday, despite the uh, spotty replay review in the first. They're now eight and four. 
through the first two, two and a half weeks of the season. I'll touch on some league-wide stuff from what we've seen over the first two and a half weeks. It is a small sample size, but as it retains, uh, pertains to the Yankees, John, four series, from what we've seen, what do you think matters? Well, the getting help from, you know, you, you always say you get you win, you have to get help from unexpected places. And, you know, uh, I mean, Frenchie's been, that's been great. I mean, that's a great story the, to see him play the way he's playing. And he's been a, you know, a big bat for the Yankees. He's helped them a lot that, you know, the, their offense is hit in places and in other places they haven't hit. There were pl- some players are playing pretty well. Some players are really struggling. A couple of places were struggling in left field. We were struggling at third base. You know, uh, we're struggling to catch her. I mean, I'm talking about offensively now. The Yankees were challenged there. You know, the, the Donaldson's now out for a while, and so LeMay used a third. So I think that will pick up the offense in that position. But you still have left field and catcher who weren't hitting. Um, you know, Volpe was, was uh, you know, Volpe's going to be a terrific player. But, but he's, you know, he's got some rookie growing pains right now. I mean, he hasn't been terrible. He's, he's okay. But he's, you know, he's finding his way. I mean, just to be fair here. I mean, he's got to get some at-bats. You got him play a little bit. He had a nice hit yesterday. I mean, he's, he's he'll come around. But right, but up to this point in time, he's you know he's he's off to a rookie start. It's, it's a little bit of a slow start, but so you know you so where where are they going to pick this? So you got you have some issues with the offense there. The closer issue is a problem to me. I don't I think Holmes is sort of he left the season last year with a lot of question marks, and now we pick up the season we have still have question marks. So you know which was the real Holmes? Was it the Holmes we saw the first half or the Holmes that we struggled in the second half of the season last year? I don't I don't know. I do know that uh, you know that I know I know the sinker by design is a, is going to be a ball because it starts to play and it dives to the point where it hits the ground almost. It's a power sinker. It's a great pitch, but but if if you're a batter and you can stay off it, it's going to be a ball. And but and by design that puts puts you in hitters counts and the pitcher has to then throw something else. And I mean he's he's been he's had issues because of all that. So listen, he, they've got to straighten him out. I mean Holmes has got to be Holmes. So or, or the Yankees have to have an effective closer. Right now, I don't know that he's 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 the effective closer that they need. So they have to figure that part out. The bullpen on the whole has been okay. Bullpen has not pitched poorly. They've had one or two, you know, guys struggling one or two outings. But for the most part, the bullpen is held okay. The bullpen is fine. They're scoring some runs. Okay, you know, the, the judge is hitting. Stanton is you know hitting. They're getting Rizzo's been you know Rizzo's huge average, but but he you know he gets big hits. And, and and plays good defense and he's been okay. Torres has been great. You know, Torres was a was a question mark to me coming out of spring. You know what to expect. Only had a good spring. Torres has been terrific. So I mean, let's not let's give him his props. So you're getting help again. Uh, to me, that's unexpected places. I didn't. And then you could say, well, Torres has been an established player, but he's you know he's had his struggles and has his inconsistencies. But right now he's playing really well. So I mean that that's been a big boost to the Yankees. So they're, they're scoring some runs. The starting pitching has been. In three of the five spots has been solid, solid. Cole has been, you know, is is solid. Nestor, Nestor, is, you know, is solid. You know, so they've gotten it. Brito has pitched, Brito has pitched well. So you know, they those three spots have been fine. Herman has struggled. Schmidt has struggled. So you know, the the starting pitching, which looked to be a real strength of the team, and it was, but you had two major injuries. You can't lose. You can't lose. You know, you can't lose Rodon and Severino, and I don't think it's not going to. It's going to have no effect on your team. So, you know, the starting pitching, which was great, it was like World Series kind of potential great. You know, you lose two two starters like that, all of a sudden it, it changes the dynamic of your starters. So the starting pitching has been great in three places and then not so good in two. 
The bullpen has been okay, held its own. Closer question mark. Offense, okay, not bad. They score some runs, some some holes here and there. The most part, they're playing pretty well. You know, so let's let's take the record as it is and, and say, you know, uh, I'll, I'll, I would have signed up for that. I think Johnny Brito is the biggest surprise on the pitching and Frenchie Cordero, the biggest side on the hitting. I think Cordero gives something to the second half of the lineup. You talked about Glaber Torres being a surprise. He's a surprise in the context that no one was really anticipating him to grab the maybe the number five spot in the lineup and and strengthen that grip on the five spot. We, we've talked about this, especially last year. I remember you saying like first, you know, first four hitters in the lineup could be, uh, you know, out of this world, but it won't matter if you don't have the depth pieces following the first four hitters. So there's circular, another circular lineup. You, you yeah. want to get a circular lineup. So yeah. there's another piece where Torres is surprised in relation to where he's hitting in the lineup and the type of depth that it supplies the Yankee lineup pitching wise. You know, I, th- I think Clark Schmidt actually showed some progress in that last start in Cleveland. I'm curious how long of a leash he and Herman will have is obviously someone's going to go once Rodon or Severino come back. But just in terms of Clark Schmidt's development as a starting pitcher, I'm seeing more of, uh, you know, more things that I like than, than Herman. About struggle against lefties though. He's struggling, but I thought he took a a decent, I think I thought he took a decent step forward in that series finale against the Guardians. I'm not saying he, you know, he he pitched well, but compared to his first two starts, I think he's pitching smarter. I think he's um, learning how to sequence his cutter a little bit better, and that's a tough lineup to go against because they work counts. Um, I'm again, I'm not saying he lit the world on fire, but it, I thought it was an improvement from the first two starts he made as a young pitcher learning would you rather have Rodon or would you rather, a, well yeah obviously but that's not on the table have, right now ra- well I'm just asking you obviously would you, would you rather have you know uh would you rather have Severino you know of course you would so yeah. I mean they're only pitching those two spots only exist because of the injuries right and when those injuries are hopefully healed and better and the players are back then then though those guys will go to different roles but yeah. but right now there's a long-term race I guess you could say if you fi- factor in Rodon and Severino coming back there's a race between three people for one spot, Brito, Herman, Schmidt. That's kind of what I'm focusing focusing yeah. on in terms of giving Clark Schmidt a leash right now. Uh, obviously, I, I want to see more. I want to see if he's able to build off this start. Again, this is a young, you know, he's 27, not exactly extremely young, but as a starting pitcher in the big leagues, he is young. We know he's full of the potential. You, you need to see if it can continue to trend in the right direction. I just think that that start in Cleveland may not look pretty on the box score. I think if you peel it back, there were improvements made for Clark Schmidt compared to his if, first if two. If you're going to say to me that his prior starts were not very good, and That's this correct. one was, you know, uh, not great, but better. Yeah. Okay. Better. Right. But he's got to show me a lot more than what for sure. Seen. And, right. and you, and you right now in, in the arms race, he's not, he's not a factor. So right now, as to so we'll have to see. But again, there's games to be played. There's things to be done. And if he, you know, starts to you know come around, the same thing Herman. I mean, the Yankees held on Herman for a while now, through a lot of different set of circumstances. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the Yankees believe in him. You know, believe that he can get people out, and he struggled. So you know, but see, but I'll put again, it this way: I'm more encouraged by what I've seen from Clark Schmidt than Domingo Herman at this point. Well, I, I, I'm, I'm not encouraged by what I've seen from Herman, but Herman has at least some, a little bit of a track record. Mm-hmm. And he's pitched, you know, he's had games where he's pitched well, 
in, in his Yankee career. So, you know, listen, the, this they, they've got to get through this. They've got to get through this because they it's a long season. And number one, and number two, you get to the playoffs, you don't really need five starters, but you but you need you need a couple. And they, and got, if anybody else gets hurt, the Yankees could be would be in serious trouble starting wise. If any of those three get hurt, and and you and Buck Showalter used to famously say you need seven starting pitchers. You don't need you don't need four or five. You need seven or eight because something's going to happen in the course of a season, and it's true. It really is true. So the Yankees have got to you know they they listen it, the simple. So what is what we've seen so far? The Yankees have they've won the series. This is the whole mantra right? Win series, win series. They won. So they 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 they've not played poorly. They have played well. They, you know they they they've struggled at the points with some games they didn't hit, other games they didn't you know pitch, other games this or that. But for the reality, on the whole, in the aggregate, they've actually played pretty well. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a little bit you know there's a little bit of loss because Tampa Bay's been it's got up to the start that they've started, although they haven't really played any good teams. But the reality is it doesn't matter. They got to play everybody, and you to go up the start that they're off is, is you know is, you get to tip your hat to them. But the reality is that all these games matter. The games you win or lose at the beginning of the season, the same as the games you win or lose at the end. You got to win. You got to. You got. You got to. You know. You got to do your part. So, they're they're playing okay. I mean, I'm I'm encouraged by what I see, and I'm encouraged about what I could see from this team. Because again, this team is still starting to find its sea legs. There are a couple of positions that are uncertain. The injuries are still playing a factor here. You know. You know. So these things have got to straighten themselves out. But the Yankees look project to get healthy. When they get healthy, I think this will be even a much better team. Yeah, in a good way. The frustrating part with someone like Domingo Herman is he could find his command in his next start, and we might not even be having a discussion about who fills in that fifth spot this time next week because yeah. he, he he has the capability of putting two solid starts together, and then you're like, oh, you chalk it up to a guy just f- trying to find his rhythm early on this season. Yeah. You, you mentioned the race kind of leads us into our next topic. They're off to a good start. There are a lot of other teams that are showing good signs, a lot of teams, a lot of individuals. I want to know. Who you think is box office around the league right now? Like, who are you consistently paying attention to this early in the season? The Rays. I mean, you know, the, I mean, they're a good team. They're a good organization. They're a good team. I mean, honestly, you got to go back and, you know, our listeners would know this, you know, uh, you know, it's, it's been a while since they've been not, not been a good team. You know, they've had a good team for a long time. And they they have good management, and they 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 find they find players where some other organizations don't find them, and everybody knows their role. And you know they they don't have a lot of superstars. You know, it's hard to find think of any. Okay, but they've got some good players, some solid players, really good players, and they're well managed. And, and the organization is does a good job of of you know of finding you know players to fit roles. So, and Kevin Cash is a really good manager. He's not a good manager. He's a really good manager. So they've got a lot, they've got a lot of, you know, assets, a lot of, you know, things going on cerebrally in that organization. And uh, they're good. I mean, they're good at what they do and they've got to, they put a good team out there and look, I don't care who you play. I mean, you, you, you play, you play in Williams, Williamsport, Little League World Series. You're not going to, you're not going to win 11, you know, 11, as we, as we record, this is like, it's 11, you wins right? 11 and oh, I think they are. So so you know that's 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 fairly substantial, and you know, but again, that goes to you know the, again they haven't really beaten really good teams, but they beat. Listen, everybody's got to play these teams. Everybody has to play everybody. So you know, you could take the sixty-two Yankees and give them play the the opposition the way Tampa Bay's played them. I don't know if the Yankees would go eleven and all against the, those teams. I don't doubt that they would. That's just the reality of the game. So uh, you you tip your hat to them. That they've certainly got my. Got my attention for sure. I mean, there are some other teams that, that you know I'm interested in. I like what I'm seeing. 
Um, but it's, you know, it's so early. It's so hard to, you know, you, that's why they always talk about, you know, July 4th is the first through Memorial Day. July 4th, there are sort of like, you know, markers in the season that you look for the mm-hmm. say, OK, this is where we are now. So we're here. You get a much better sample size. And Memorial Day gives you a much better sample size. You know, Memorial Day is, you know, the end of May and we're, we're in the middle of April now. So you've got a while that that happens. But you'll have a much better idea about all these teams come then, you know, come Memorial Day. But right now it's, it's early yet. So it's, you know, it's hard to it's hard to sit there and say this team is i mean do you i mean i think toronto is going to be really good really good i mean like really good and you know we, and we've seen them they're playing okay i mean but you know they're they're but you know they're they're uh, they're kind of lost in the shadow of tampa at the moment but but again it's early it's so early but you know the trends are the trends and they are what they are and i expect the i expect the yankees to you know be standing tall at the end of this thing so you know well let's see where let's see our place for the Rays, it's not just one thing carrying them. Like they're scoring, they've scored more runs than everyone else. They've allowed the fewest runs by far. And I thought, you know, I was always high on Rays pitching from top to bottom, like pound for pound, starting rotation, bullpen. I thought they probably had one of the top yep. three pitching staffs in the entire game, but they're doing this without arguably their best pitcher in Tyler Glass now. Right. I was going to say they don't have Glass now. So, yeah. you know, that, that, Sort of, I mean, that's to me is that's even more interesting. It's like the Yankees without call, you know, you know, it's not going to be the same team. So the fact that they've lost, they don't have him, makes this even more impressive. But I mean, you're right about the run differential and you know and how them. I mean, they're, they're playing really well. Yeah, uh, this is surprising to me only because I I didn't think that the Rays weren't talented. I I actually think uh, you know I said this before the season that I thought the Rays would finish second in the division to the Yankees, not the Blue Jays. I thought all three teams would make the postseason, but I was really focused on how the Rays would begin the year because of how their spring training went. They had to move different sites because their primary facility was impacted by the hurricane back in the fall, wasn't ready. They were moving around to a couple of different sites. Um, A lot of their players and their staff, they had a lot of personnel take off for the World Baseball Classic. You know, they had a lot of players participate in the World Baseball Classic and a number of coaches who were being promoted. They were coming up from the minor leagues because they do a good job promoting within. A lot of those coaches were on staffs that were participating in the World Baseball Classic. So they were never really fully there during spring training. I was curious to see how they would respond right out of the gate to start the season. And they proved that it's not one problem at all. So, yeah, they're, they're, they're 12-0 right now. They're undefeated. Oh, they're 12 and 0. Okay. 12 and 0. Okay. 12 and 0. Um, but they're beating teams hard, like overpowering teams, outpointing them uh definitively. And uh yeah, they're they're the top team right now in the game. No question about it. And even when they don't score, like the other night against the Red Sox, they beat the Red Sox one nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, so I mean, so I mean they're, they're, they're you know, their their pitching has been good. You know, it, it but the pitching, see that pitching is 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 really very good. It hasn't been through. I mean, it's been it's been terrific throughout this the start, no question. But it's not as it's not as pronounced as it usually is. It's other areas of the game that are carrying them. I mean, they're, this this way they're playing a complete game. They're getting enough pitching, but they hit, play defense. Don't forget about their defense. Defense is good. So you know, the and their manager's good. So you put it all together, it's you know, and they haven't really played any any great teams. So they're they're off to the start. They're off to. Yeah, I've always been high on their pitching. I think their their starters, some of them are a little overlooked. I think. They are going to prove it through their performances that they are uh, someone to deal with. I am surprised. And now, you know, you, you have to give 
more respect to their lineup because it's never really wowed me. But I guess when you have uh, Wander Franco there, fully healthy, he's as advertised. They're, they're, the lineup doing what it's doing has been the biggest surprise for me. I always thought the pitch. Franco is Franco is a really good player. I yeah. mean, he's an excellent player. He's just, he's he's a potential superstar. Mm-hmm. You know, he so, is. He's a potential superstar. Yeah. I, I, you know, but 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 um. You know, and you know he's had well, he's he's been a little consistent. Like, uh, he's just he's a kid. He's a he's a child. Mm-hmm. I mean, I well, he's young. He's really young. So, you know, you got to let as he's starting to grow up and become the player that he was projected to be. So, yeah. you know, sometimes you have to be a little bit. See, that's the other thing about the. I know we're turning this into the Tampa Bay Rays. You know, the the, the Rays telecast. The, it's important the, though. They're going to be right no, there with right, the Yankees it's, this it's entire season. You're right. You're right. It's important. You're right. And and the thing though that. Um, the thing about them, though, is they also have players coming. Therefore, that's why they see they lose a lot of players. They lose because they don't they don't have the financial wherewithal to be able to to, to keep you know players where they become stars. Usually, they can't afford them, mm-hmm. and they you know they're not going to hunt in the free agent market and you know in the higher real estate places. They're not going to go there. They're going to look to see what they can get. Again, they get players who fit the role. They they they're a role team. You know, for the, they got one or two guys who are, you know, stars, and they've got a couple of, you know, Glassdale's a star, Franklin's a star. They got guys who are stars, but the, most of that team are role players. They're players who came from other organizations. They, they define up their hat. They play, here's your job. You know what your job is. You know what your role is. This is what we expect you to do. We're not asking you anything more than your role. And and Kevin, and they, they buy into this. Everyone on that roster buys into their spot. And a lot of it has to do with Cash, with Kevin Cash and the way he manages. He's oh. And he gets everybody playing time. Watch how he, he navigates that roster. Plays everybody. He, you know, he uses his whole squad. Not afraid to pull pull, 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 pull an established player out in the eighth innings because he needs better defense or he needs whatever. He'll do what he needs to do to win. And they've got guys who, even if the, your job is to play one inning a night, three innings, two games a week, whatever it is, they know what their role is. They go out, they execute it. And that's why they're as good as they are. Uh, case in point, Zach Eflin, who they signed as a free agent, in my opinion, maybe the weakest part of their starting rotation. He goes down. What do they do? They promote their top pitching prospect. And Taj Bradley comes up and performs uh, against the Red Sox the other night. So the Rays, look out for them. Their appointment viewing for me as well. All right, John, uh, anything else before we before we land the plane? Or how do you like to land the plane this week? Well, let's see. What what didn't we talk about? You wanted to, We didn't talk about, uh, let's see. We talked about the we talked about the obviously the Yankees start. We talked about the Yankees as they're constituted now. We talked about the Rays, right? We didn't really touch on the the other teams. The other teams, you know, Toronto. We expect more from, and Red Sox. We don't expect a lot from because they think that that's not their year, right? They're rebuilding, and we don't expect a lot there. So you look at the rest of what else are we talking about here? Um, want to do a little nationally, just a little bit. What do you like? Oh, boy. You know what I like? I'll tell you what I like. Uh, In the context of the new rules, I think the Arizona Diamondbacks are a a fun team to watch. They have a lot of young players. Uh, Carroll is going to be a star. Corbin Carroll, he's looking really impressive. But he's the I fastest think, player in the league, right? Yeah, but they have a yeah. they have a bunch of uh, you know above average speed guys. Yes, and uh, they're taking advantage of it. So they're they're a fun group to watch. They won their series with the Dodgers over the weekend. Um, you obviously have your your National League blue bloods who you think are going to be there, and they're showing you something. Uh, whether they're winning or losing games right now over the first two weeks or so, but I like what I'm seeing from the D back. So that that's that's my throw in. You know what's National interesting League. about those teams about the D backs, and there are teams who, 
you know, like, uh, you know, you, you look at them and they they were, you know, they, they started, yeah, Houston was one of those teams too. Remember, Houston used to mm-hmm. struggle big and then they accumulated all those high picks and they, those picks were able to translate into players that they were able to, you know, develop and sign and, and they would gel at the same time and, and resulted in them, you know, having some, some terrific years because of, you know, the, the personnel that they were able to sign and develop um, is where you pick in the draft. And that's not always a guarantee for anything, but a lot of these Arizona kids are, are really high draft picks that they've been able to accumulate because they've had some pretty dismal years Yep, and they were able to take that. And I think there's a real bright future that you're right. I I've seen, I haven't seen a lot of Carol. I've seen a little bit of them uh, basically watching, you know, highlights and uh, you know, at, at night. Um, but I mean, his speed is what jumps out at you. Yep. I mean, he, I'm, he's, he's as fast a player as I, I can't recall. I've seen some, we all have seen some you know, real speed merchants, but he's as fast a player as I, I've, I can recall or seeing on the base paths. Watch him run. It's incredible to watch him run. Yeah, so the NL West may be a tight race between the Dodgers and the Padres this year, but it might not be involving as high of a win total as we might suspect because of teams like the D-backs. We shall yeah, see. you know what else I'll be interested to see is a team like Pittsburgh with Reynolds. Well, Reynolds is leading the league in home runs yeah. and majors in home runs as we record this. And, and you know, the Yankees really tried very hard to get him last year before we wound up a Benintendi play left field. I know the Yankees tried very, very hard, but the, the, the Pirates were one of the ransom. Pirates were ransom. I like their parents have ransoms. I get that. Uh, they, 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 but, you know, they were able to command that. And I'm, I'd be interested to see if the Pirates hold on to him. Because you know his value is going to be enormous come around the trading deadline, and you know, and I don't know where the pirates will be in this thing, or if the pirates say, you know what, enough, we 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 have some control for a little bit of time, and you know, let's 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 try to hold on to him because he's a great player and uh, he's making a difference in this team, and you know, for the, the sake of the game, it would be nice if the pirates could hold on to one or two of their players because. And some other teams, you know, be, be just for competitiveness and for the sake of the fans in the in, the, in those areas. It's you know, it's nice to go out and watch a star player perform for you, a star player, and help your team get better. And you know, it's nice when that happens. It's not always it's always financial financial realities are the financial realities. It is what it is. But having said that, it's nice when you can have a player and he could have that affiliation. I mean, it with the Pirates have gotten rid of Roberto Clemente. <laughs> You know, right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm just saying, you know, I know I know he came from the Dodgers originally, but but you but you know what I'm saying to you. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just nice for the fans to have that identification. It's a nice thing. And and uh, I'm, I'm just I'm excited for the fans in Pittsburgh. They got some really good young talent on that team. You know, I mean, they're young and I don't know how where they're going to finish or go. But but that but they're exciting to watch. There are games you watch. Where you go, you know, they're in this thing. They're, they're, yeah. they're playing hard and, they you know, they they've got a good manager and they, they try hard. Well, the Pirates, uh, you know, they they competed well with the Astros this last series. They got blanked, I think, in the series finale. But um, yeah, they, they are a fun group to watch. It's sad to see what happened to O'Neill Cruz, but uh, overall, going to be interesting to see if Brian Reynolds can keep it up and continue to drive up that price. If the Pirates think that he will not be there with them, uh, do you move long-term. him? If you're the Pirates, do you move him? Not yet. Right. Not yet. No, no, I don't mean now. I mean, do you mean at the deadline? Do you get to the okay, Not yet. Uh, no, it, this is more, you know, if I'm the Pirates, it's a more uh, us and, and Brian thing, not like. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. If we sign, we get, get an extension out of it. Right. I want to hold out a little longer and see if we can get something done that, you know, locks him up in Pittsburgh for, for a he while. Wants, you know what he wants? He wants uh, he wants going to want option, uh, you know, opt out years. Yeah. He signs a new deal. He'll say, look, I'll give you two years, and then I, I want to hit the market or I want to right. see what else is out there, which, I mean, as a player, is smart for him to do. But, you mm-hmm. know, the management, you say, 
you know, again, there's, that's that's not a guarantee. You know, if yeah. you will could be a it. similar situation with uh, Nolan Arenado when he was in Colorado. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Well, well said. True. All right. Well, All right. John, planes landed. Uh, it's time to get out. You know, no, yeah, but there's other planes that are circling, <laughs> so we really they got to move this airport somewhere. We do. Where it's Ashley Fugazi, it's time to land a plane. So that's right. That plane. Planes landed. The the door is open. That means everyone's allowed out on the plane. And that rate review includes... subscribe. Don't forget to rate review subscribe. Thank Dan Besson, our producer. Thank you, Dan. Absolutely, Danny. Hello, how are you? And goodbye, Danny. <laughs> hello, goodbye. I'm <laughs> getting that... to it, Dan. Thanks for bearing with us the entire uh, way here for this episode. Leaky like heard John say, please rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. That way, you never miss a beat of what we're doing here on the Curtain Call Podcast. He's John J. Filippelli. I'm Justin Shackle. Thanks for joining us this week on the Curtain Call Podcast, a production of the Yes Network. Take care, everybody.